Hello, this is Mark from VEDA, and welcome to the VEDA Predictions Podcast, where we break down what's happening in Washington for investors, and probably most importantly, provide our predictions for what's coming next. Today's episode titled, Never Gonna Get It, and today is Wednesday, September 23rd. For a brief introduction, VEDA is a team of researchers who dig into policy issues with a focus on how they're going to impact businesses and affect financial markets. We have three main verticals, macroeconomic policy, healthcare, and tech policy. And we write about themes and we speak to institutional investors. The reality here is that headlines out of DC can and do drive the market. And I think we saw that this week um, or this weekend with the, the passing of Justice Ginsburg. It's a perfect example. I mean, you come in Monday morning and healthcare stocks get slammed because the market's freaked out about the demise of the ACA. So I always like to think of VEDA as a team that adds value by either identifying opportunities or mitigating risk or just generally making our clients smarter. Personally, I've been in the financial industry for a long time and I've done everything from sales to banking, but I always consider myself a trader at heart. I'm joined today by a couple of my colleagues, Henrietta Trays, VEDA's Director of Macroeconomic Policy, and Alex Cinnamon, VEDA's Tech Policy Lead. Henrietta, and I'm, I'm rambling on here and I apologize, but Henrietta is a, a veteran of, of both the buy side and the sell side. And quite interestingly, she's also a veteran of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, where she worked on every piece of economic policy through the Great Re Recession, um, stuff such as TARP, the auto bailouts, the 2009 stimulus package, and everything in between. Alex joined the VEDA team in January. He has also worked in the industry for a long time in a variety of roles, but is currently focused on tech policy and what it means for investors. So today we're going to be talking about a current hot topic, government stimulus programs and how they are expected to combat the economic fallout from COVID. So guys, let's dig in here. In a, in a lot of ways, the government response to the pandemic has been, I would say, unprecedented. Whether you look at it in terms of speed or scope. Henrietta, can you walk us through what we've gotten so far? Yeah, that's exactly right. Thanks, Elvis. Um, and I should just add, since it is our first episode, that everyone should be aware that in addition to being an awesome trader, you are also a wicked good golfer. And <laughs> I think that's really important to share. Um, but as far as stimulus goes, you're exactly right to say that everything we've done thus far has been unprecedented. It used to be the case that $700 billion was a lot in D.C. I remember in 09 when we were writing the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act that peaked at $831 billion. That was just jaw-dropping for a lot of folks. Then all of a sudden COVID hits and we pass a $2.2 trillion piece of deficit increasing legislation with the Republican majority in the Senate, Democratic majority in the House and Trump in the White House and uh, nobody really blinks an eye. Things have shifted materially since then. I think that's a pretty substantial disconnect between the market and Capitol Hill right now. Um, but for right now, and then looking ahead, 2.2 trillion is what we passed in March of 2020 for a combined total with a couple of other bills of somewhere in the neighborhood of about $3 trillion in stimulus over the last seven months of the coronavirus. And most investors, and I think the global community expected the United States Congress to do a lot more 
and to do that this month. What we have been talking about for several months now is, and it's fitting that the title of our podcast this week is Never Gonna Get It, is that we are just not gonna get more stimulus from here. Um, You mentioned the passing of uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That certainly complicated things procedurally, but the um, ink was written several months ago when the Republican conference started to come under fire from their own constituencies, top campaign donors, Uh, Their major trade institutions and associations like the Heritage Foundation or Club for Growth really strongly rejecting the call for further stimulus. Um, We've seen subsequent macroeconomic data like the unemployment rate come down um, substantially, even more so than people expected. And that really paints a clear picture for us going back as far as July of this year that we're not going to get any more stimulus out of Congress before the election and very unlikely that we see any stimulus even in the lame duck session. So all our focus now is on the first quarter of 2021, and we can certainly get into those details. Awesome. What do you think we see now between now and the end of the year? Uh, Between now and the end of the year, um, we have a couple developments. The first is that there's about to be a government shutdown unless Congress passes a continuing resolution. Folks have been concerned about that for the last couple of weeks because, as we've seen under this administration, uh, we previously had a government shutdown for, I think it was 34 days, the longest on record. Uh, So there had been heightened concern under President Trump that we would shut down the government again, particularly as we remain at an impasse over further stimulus. Democrats are asking for $3.4 trillion in stimulus, and the Republican conference in the Senate only recently passed a bill totaling 300 billion, obviously a significant delta between the two sides. Um, That has led to fears that we would see a government shutdown this year. Um, I don't think that's gonna be the case. Indeed, last night, uh, it's Wednesday now, so last night the House passed a continuing resolution that'll keep the government funded about at current rates through mid-December. And that is essentially all that she wrote. Um, The Senate will pass that bill later on this week Speaking with Senate staff last night, they're telling me that they are expected to vote on this tomorrow and leave town on Friday, September 25th. So um, by the time this podcast goes to air, they will probably be gone. The topics in the House will continue to be sort of tangentially stimulus. There are a host of moderate Democrats in states like Oklahoma who want to take votes to extend unemployment insurance benefits or provide another round of direct payments to consumers or replenish the Paycheck Protection Program that the Fed and the Treasury have been rolling out. But there are no votes for that. There are no votes for more aid to airline relief. There are no votes for aid for restaurant relief. We're not going to get any of that stuff. Um, The Senate will be in session as a result of the Supreme Court vacancy, uh, but they will be talking exclusively about that. And the way that process works is that whoever President Trump nominates, which is an announcement he'll make on Saturday night, is going to hold individual meetings with all 100 senators. They'll schedule that time over the next few weeks. And then in the mid-October range, we could see the Judiciary Committee begin to hold what I anticipate would be about four days of hearings. Um, That process, in my estimation, will run up through the November 3rd election. My um, analysis here is that it serves the Republican conference to start the process on nominating the Supreme Court justice pre-election, but for a couple of reasons, probably not to confirm that justice until the lame duck session. So the next month or so will be dominated by uh, messaging on coronavirus from the Democrats 
and messaging on the Supreme Court justice from the Senate Republicans. Right, and I have to assume then, no more stimulus, that there's still probably a little bit of an expectation from the market that that some more stimulus is happening in 2020. In 2020. Um, so I actually could see a little bit of a downside surprise there. If we have four more years of Trump, um, or actually I'll ask it, whoever the candidate, whoever the president is in the next administration, um, what are the odds of stimulus and what does stimulus look like in 2021? 2021 is a whole different ball of wax. Um, as you know, uh, since you read our research, the um, no, forecast we really. have for the president, <laughs> uh, I think you do. The uh, forecast we have for the elections, and just for reference, I've worked on state and local and national elections since 2000, uh, from Texas to Rhode Island, and the uh, forecast we have and we prepare for our clients um, suggest that we have a 75% odds of seeing Vice President Biden win the election. That is based on a very conservative estimate of the state of the race, a strong incumbency bias in favor of President Trump of about three and a half at least points across the Electoral College. And we forecast that President, uh, Vice President Biden will win the election. Um, we estimate that there is an even but slightly favoring odds that the Republicans continue to control the Senate that there are 85% odds that Speaker Pelosi continues to hold the House and that we move into 2021 with essentially a split Congress. There's about a 45% chance that Democrats are able to get 50 to 51 votes in the Senate and then maybe a 15% chance that they can get 52, 53, 54 votes. There's no scenario in which Democrats have a supermajority of 60 votes. Uh, that's a widely misunderstood data set on the street. When people hear this is going to be a blue wave election, they assume that Democrats are going to have an excessive majority in the House, excuse me, in the Senate, and that is not physically possible. Um, there's no scenario in which Democrats pick up uh, votes in Nebraska, for instance. It's just not going to happen, or Wyoming. Um, so we are uh, looking ahead to 2021 then with a Biden administration, uh, House being Democrat and Republicans controlling the Senate. Maybe if we're uh, if Biden is lucky, a slight majority for Democrats in the Senate. So Henrietta, that's interesting. You talk about the Senate majority um, being close, but but leaning toward Republicans. What does that mean when we look to a new administration, a potential new administration, and and as you say really the, the, the next best chance for stimulus coming in early 2021. Um, what would be the difference between a narrowly Democratic Senate majority versus a narrow Republican majority in terms of the stimulus, its scope, its size? Because there are 30 million Americans still receiving unemployment benefits as we record this. Small businesses are increasing in, in, increasingly in dire straits. Uh, and segments of the economy, you mentioned airlines, uh, the hospitality industry, um, are, are also uh, in a bad way. So uh, what becomes a stimulus under those scenarios that you that you laid out? Great question. The difference between a Republican majority in the Senate and a Democratic majority in the Senate is about $3 trillion. That's, if I had to be really blunt, that's what it is. Um, so if you were able to get a Democratic majority of 51, 52 seats, the Biden administration's strategy is gonna be almost a repeat verbatim of 2009. 
And um, the reason this is so fun for me as an analyst is because you very rarely get the same thing happening twice and be able to look at history and, and judge it with sort of the same underlying macroeconomic indicators, let alone the same people in office. In this case, um, I was in the Senate in 2009 as we were working through the Great Recession. And um, in 2008, just after President Obama got elected, immediately Speaker Pelosi and the House Ways and Means Committee started drafting the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. She worked in conjunction with then Majority Leader Harry Reid, and they were able to put on President Obama's desk on February 23rd an $831 billion stimulus bill. That's exactly the same thing that's going to happen here. And the reason it's so helpful to think about um, 2021 versus 2009 is because the same person who got the votes for the Democrats in 2009, incidentally, would be president. That was Joe Biden. He's a 36-year veteran of the United States Senate himself, and he was responsible for getting three Republican senators to cross the aisle and vote for the stimulus package in 09. So the number one priority for a Biden administration right now is something called COVID relief. COVID relief is essentially, the way I've described it, is sort of like a bridge. Unemployment insurance benefits, direct payments to individuals, really backstops for the consumer. Let's just get through this until there's a vaccine. You can't open businesses again and have restaurants at 100% capacity unless you have a vaccine. And that's just a reality of the fact that this is a global pandemic. So until we get to that point, the Biden administration's first priority with a very strong eye towards 2022 and the midterm elections and how they don't want to repeat what happened immediately after Obama won when the Democratic conference got shellacked by the Tea Party uh, in 2020. Uh, 2010 lost, I think it was like 63 seats in the House, six governor's mansions, and a whole host of Senate seats. So they're very um, anxious about that. And this COVID relief bill will be designed to get money out as fast as humanly possible in the most cost-effective way. Immediately thereafter, the Biden administration wants to move to a rebuilding COVID relief package. Um, Rebuilding for the Biden administration is best summed up by his own campaign slogan, which is build back better. Uh, For anybody who's followed Democrats for the last, I don't know, like 600 years, that means infrastructure. They love infrastructure. My former boss, the chair of the DCCC, Joe Crowley, um, had a phrase that I will never forget, which was, you know, he wants a big dig in every state in the nation. The big dig, for those of you who don't follow it, is in Boston politics, is a gigantic pit that was a huge infrastructure project that um, in, in a lot of Democrats' views, is necessary even pre-COVID. Uh, every district needs a port, a bridge, a pothole, a tunnel, a water facility, a school built, um, more broadband, you name it, they got it. Everybody needs it. This is a way to bring back pork barrel spending. So um, to quickly sum up the difference between a Democratic majority in the Senate in 2021 and a Republican majority in the Senate in 2021 is going to be the scale of stimulus that you're going to be able to pass. Under Republican control of the Senate, you're probably looking at one and a half trillion. Under the Democratic control in the Senate, uh, Joe Biden, who would be president at that time, would have an easier path towards getting the Senate to consider these two stimulus bills. And we could see as much as four trillion dollars in stimulus by the end of the second quarter in 2021, in my expectation. Unbelievable. Awesome. Thank you. And now it's time for the breakdown. Now it's time for a breakdown. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Henrietta, you teased uh, a few of your odds a couple minutes ago. 
and our clients ask us all the time for our odds on a host of topics. So I'm going to throw a few questions at you. Give me your odds, and if you want a brief summary of the logic behind those odds, I'll say before I start, I mean, some of these may be a little off topic, but I think they're relevant to the discussion. So who knows, we might even potentially tease out some of our future episodes. And I'll do them somewhat rapid fire here and, and see how it goes. So odds of a meaningful airline bailout. Zero percent. Not happening. No chance. Odds of a meaningful restaurant bailout. Zero percent. Not happening. No chance. Uh, you'll have to wait for 2021 to get that into effect. Maybe if I was feeling really optimistic one day, I would say there's a possibility we could see this in the lame duck session. Um, but $25 billion for airlines when you're not re-upping unemployment insurance benefits, $150 billion for restaurants when you're not providing direct payments to individuals or aid to state and local governments trying to reopen their schools. They're not going to get it. It's not happening. Biden winning the election in November and knowing the results of the election in November. I think we're going to know the answer in November. It might not be on November 4th. It might be November 10th. Um, Wisconsin's just added another six days to its um, mail-in ballot counting process. So that'll be November 9th. And Wisconsin could be the make or break state. So um, if it's not a dramatic uh, win in one direction or the other. I imagine this could go until maybe the third week of November, but we should know by then. Um, so the odds of Biden winning are 75% in our calculus. What about the odds of an infrastructure package in 2021? Very high. Um, whether Biden is elected will be a meaningful indicator of how quickly we get it and the scale of any infrastructure package. Um, the joke is that uh, it's been infrastructure week for the last four years under the Trump administration. They have not put out a comprehensive bill, but there is definitely a need for infrastructure in the United States. I think that the president, if anyone can pull the Senate Republicans over to a place of deficit spending, it would be President Trump. They tend to focus on tax cuts, however, so it would probably be less prioritized than um, some additional tax cuts to follow on to the 2017 tax bill. Um, so your best chance is under Biden, and the odds of that happening are nearly 100% in the event that he's elected. Well, and because you mentioned it and because it's probably one of the most common questions we get, what are your odds of taxes going up under Biden in 2021 if we're right about that? Zero percent. You're not going to try to offset stimulus legislation. In the Democrats' view, those two concepts are mutually exclusive. They have no interest in raising the corporate tax rate. In reality, um, Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell has been very clear to Speaker Pelosi and other leaders that he wants them to deficit spend. He is making money free. And Congress has gotten that memo, particularly the Democratic conference. Um, I think you have the potential to have some low-hanging fruit addressed, maybe in the second half of the year or in 2023 under a Biden administration. Things like a cap gains hike for the very wealthy uh, individuals with more than a million dollars in earnings per year. Uh, maybe the corporate tax rate in 2023 rises to 25%. One of the things I do for a living is count votes in the Senate, and I can't get you the votes for 28%. Uh, I can barely get you the votes for 25%. Um, and then again, we are in a global pandemic with above 8% unemployment. We have seen this movie before, and it is deficit increasing, not offset by tax increases or spending cuts elsewhere. So the odds of tax increases in 2021 are very, very low. 
Okay, and my last one would be odds of the filibuster going away in 2021, and, and if so, what it would be used for. Also very low. Um, I think there's a misconception on the street that Democrats are looking to um, turn Washington, D.C. into a state and Puerto Rico and pack the courts and pass legislation with 51 votes. There is um, not enough support for that. Even in the wake of um, Justice Ginsburg's death, which was you know, deeply emotional for a lot of Democrats, you saw senior members like Dianne Feinstein of the very liberal state California come out and say she does not support repealing the filibuster. Joe Manchin does not support repealing the filibuster. Patrick Leahy in Vermont does not support repealing the filibuster. You just don't have enough votes to do it. The scenario on which I'm wrong is with um, the Democrats controlling the Senate, but Republicans refusing to allow any stimulus through in 2021. Let's say they filibuster and they say, you know, you, you just can't pass this bill. We don't have enough votes for it. And they obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. You'll see uh, Democrats get real frustrated with that, maybe by the mid second quarter and say, we're going to pass this deficit increasing stimulus bill with 51 votes. That's the scenario. But the first shot on goal is going to be to try to get uh, bipartisanship. Outstanding. Guys, you're the best. Thank you for your time. This has been Mark for the Veda Predictions podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, guys.